what it do, what it do. I'm uh, Jordan, Jordan Jean-Louis, host of the JJL Sports Talk Show. Um, I care last time I posted an episode, but, you know, I'm in school now. I'm a little bit busy, but, you know, I'm chilling with my boy, my boy Kyle Edwards, man. Uh, welcome to the welcome to the show, my brother. Welcome hey, man. To the, uh, the family, man. Yeah, th- thanks for inviting me on, you know. Just going to have yeah. some good times talking sports and, you know. Just chill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we like link up through on the Sports Empire Network. Um, you're on the big three. Check us out on Tuesday nights. And it might be a conflict because like I kind of do my Tuesday night show too and Friday, but I might have to work work around that time. But um, yeah, man, how you like how you doing? Like how you doing, man? Like how are things? I mean, it's good. You know, got football right around the corner so can't wait to check out all the games this week uh check out some college and i'm also big with like soccer and it's like the international break so you know a lot of the countries are getting ready for world cup so i'm excited to watch a lot of that as well so i mean it's gonna be a good weekend for me yeah um so let's get right into the meat potatoes man so like i know you are so if i'm correct so you're all boston like are you boston like Celtics, New England, Patriots. Are you all Boston? Like, yeah, I, I'm like diehard. I'm diehard Boston teams, but I've been down in Atlanta for like over 15 years now. So I do pay attention to the Atlanta sports as well. But yeah, I'm bigger with the Boston, New England sports teams. Yeah. So I know we're going to get into that uh, email Uduko situation. I know it's yep. been. News has been swirling around um, in recent in recent days. Um, so, tell me, man, you with you being a Boston Celtics fan, mm-hmm. um, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking any, like any of the players, Jalen Brown, Tatum. They're good, but like, um, tell me your thought process on this whole situation with the email. Like, you know, they uh, Brad Stevens was a coach. Mm-hmm. Now he's in the. I mean, I'm gonna let you talk. I um, mean, and then I would say my opinion on it. Um, but like, you know, Brassings was a coach. Um, then he was smart and took like the, the like the leadership role in the front office. Um, and then they signed Ime Uduko, um, mm-hmm. took him to the playoffs for the first his first stint with the team. Now this happens. Um, tell me what's going on, man. As a, as a Boston Celtics fan, I mean the the whole story has been. I don't know. I want to say fascinating, but that kind of makes it kind of a positive light. But I guess the backtrack. Yeah, Brad Stevens. I mean, I knew him from Butler. He was a great coach there. So when the Celtics hired him, I was a big fan of it. I was a little shocked when he moved upstairs and Danny Ainge moved out. But, you know, after seeing what he did in his first year in the front office, it seemed like that's a position that fits him. So I'm fine with him being there. And then Yudoka coming in, didn't really know much about him as a coach since he was an assistant with Brooklyn. And, you know, I don't really watch Brooklyn games like that. But, you know, seeing him grow into the position, you know, struggled throughout the first half. But then the second half of the season, they really took off. And I was like, okay, so he's built kind of the culture there. The players seem to love him because they had a connection with him with team USA. So now with all of this coming out, like when I first heard it, I was shocked because 
you know, seeing him finally get a uh, head, head coaching position. And then within the first year, he's now embroiled in a scandal and it wasn't looking too good for him. But then kind of seeing some of the details come out and I feel like the coverage of it probably had me more upset than the actual story at first because, you know, Woj and uh, was a Sham Sharania, you know, they put out their tweet and all that about uh, Udoka in trouble, possible, you know, suspension or whatever. And they kind of left it like that. And then by doing that, social media ran wild with it where, you know, now they're posting pictures of women in the organization to try to figure out who the woman was. And then on the other side of that, you have, you know, Nia Long, who he's engaged to. And she came out and said, I think today that she didn't even know about this until it was out there in the media. But then Yudoka's talking about he's been talking to the team since July and they pretty much let him know that a suspension was coming. Then you had Brad Stevens doing a press conference talking about he was upset with the kind of social media coverage of it, which I, I understand completely with him being upset about it because yeah, sure. It's a sports team and we're all fans and all that, but you're dealing with personal like lives in this matter. And with all the, I guess, kind of struggles with women trying to get into what's seen as like the boys club of sports. And now we're starting to see them like integrate within coaching staffs and in front offices, a story like this, where you have a coach who, you know, could have been like irresponsible in the way he was dealing with women within the organization. I felt like it was kind of a, it was kind of the wrong way to go about it, to throw it out there and then let social media run wild with it and take it in several directions that it didn't really need to go into. But I mean, ultimately with Yudoka coming out and apologizing for his actions and all that, you know, at that point, I'm like, the team can kind of do what they want to do at that point. If he's apologized for everything and kind of acknowledged that he was in the wrong. And then you have the team talking about, it's not only one violation, but it's like multiple violations. So I took it as they just suspended him because they're probably looking into some more stuff to see, you know, once they get everything, see maybe like everybody else who was involved, then they may just do like clean house. Cause I don't know how it's possible for him to come back and coach when you're still going to have women in the organization and it's going to be kind of awkward with them interacting. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, for the upcoming season, you know, you know, I know, I know a lot of people are trying to figure out how the team will perform with all this news going on. And I do think the fact that they picked uh, was Joe Missoula to be the interim coach and he was on the staff last year, that might help kind of fix that loophole that's in there because now it's a new voice, but it's a voice that they've heard in practice and on the sideline. I mean, for me, I thought it was going to be maybe Damon Stoudemire, but I'm fine with Missoula being the interim coach. And I think it's right that Brad Stevens didn't do it because I think he needs to establish that he is the GM side. That's right. what he's taking care of and let the well the interim coach now find his voice, get connect with the team, and just move forward at this point. That's where I'm at at this point. 
just so like you, forward. So you think that, um, like, I mean, I do agree that, like, you know, in the world of, like, social media, like, I, I mean, I was born in 98, so, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, was, I was, I'm sadly, I'm currently, like, in a social media, you know, world now, that tech-savvy world, and yeah. I agree with you, like, it's, you know, so, social media blows things up at a proportion. So, like, I guess my question to you is after what you said, like, are you saying that it would, it would have been better? Like, how would you want it, like, you being a subject fan, how would you want them to, like, you know, handle it? Like, would you want it to do it privately? Or do you think that would be more, a lot worse than, the, you know, because somebody, I, I like, I'm going to read into it because, like, apparently somebody, if this was going on, like, during the playoffs last year or, like, during the season last year, like, mm-hmm. somebody must have snitched on somebody. Somebody said must have said something to somebody. Right. And somebody... Like you know, was out for email. Um, so, do you think that it would have been better handled? Some people say like it would have been better handled, like you know how it is right now. But or some are saying it, it should be better. It should be handled in house. Um, mm-hmm. So, what do you? How do you think that it should have been handled a better way? So, what I think they should have done was uh, conduct their investigation, gather all of the, you know details and involved parties or whatever then decide on their punishment you know come out do their um press conference at that point kind of lay it all on the table and then decide you know yeah we're moving on from coach udoka or i guess well i think the way it's going to end up he's going to end up you know being fired or whatever but yeah, I mean, the social media aspect of it, I kind of knew it was going to become a problem. It reminds me of like, uh, I don't know if you did play like 2K or like the 2K series. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, well, it's different, but like, you know how like um, like in the my career mode, like when you're playing a career and like, um, so every year they start you as like a, as a bench player. Yeah. And um, you have to work your way up to start. Mm-hmm. And like, they put the story as like the owner of the team, um, the character, like, um, like, well, in, in 23, Tigger 23. So, like, the owner, there was some dude that you're going up against named Chet, Chet Owens. He's like, he was picked, you were picked at the, as the my career player mm-hmm. above Chet, and he was supposed to be better than, than you're my player in the story. Right. And, like, um, so it's all awkward. I mean, it's a different situation, but, like, it reminds me of, like, how would you want to approach? you not starting when you want to go to the media do you want to just handle it like a man and just like play your role and get points and and do and be quiet mm-hmm. or would you want to use social media like social media to like bring awareness of why you're not starting it's kind of like that like how like you know with you using should you be private and just be quiet and take take the ban or take take, take the suspension should yeah. you use social media like there's was, there's was options you can choose from like mm-hmm. They chose the social media route by putting this out there, so that's kind of how I feel about that. Like, yeah, I, that is an interesting part of it because what we do have to take into account is if it was multiple women, there could be an instance where maybe one of the women was married, and maybe their partner's the one who kind of leaked it out there, which kind of got the ball rolling. Right. But um, I think the Oh, I think one issue with it was, I don't know if you saw first take this morning, 
<laughs> but, <laughs> like when I got home, yeah, I did. I I kind of missed like a little bit of it, but yeah, yeah like wait, but, are you talking about when um well Malika Andrews and Malika Stephen Andrews a. Smith. went on? Oh, so, yeah. See, I thought that was just for TV, but I think that was real, man. Like, oh Stephen no, a. that was that like, was legit because legit. you could hear in her voice like she was legit upset with the way Stephen A. was kind of uh, voicing his opinion. What did Stephen A. Smith say? Like, cause I missed that part for what he said, and then Malika was like, "Before I do this, I, I say this like." Stephen A, don't blame the women or something like that. Or, well, like, what does he say? Like, well, actually, I missed the episode as well, so I saw the clip. But yeah. the way she phrased it was, she thought that Stephen A was kind of taking Yudoka's side and making it seem like the women involved might be almost trying to get some gain out of taking him down, almost, but. Mm-hmm. When she first got on the show, she talked about because uh, she was at the Celtics press conference where Brad Stevens and the owner talked oh, about yeah, the situation. Was there it. Mm-hmm. And her first thought was, if the Celtics did a press conference, they should have given, I guess, more details. And I thought that was a little odd because if the Celtics don't know everything, right. I'm fine with them taking kind of the vague approach like, yeah, something happened we're investigating it because i i mean from what i read so far like this thing is big enough to where law enforcement actually got involved investigated some stuff so if i'm seeing that that means like this is a serious story and i don't need the celtics to rush into you know throwing out details that they're maybe going off of speculation right right i want if they're talking about it it's something that they've researched investigated and they have their ducks in a row, and that's what they're bringing to the public. And because, like I said, it's it's a dangerous game to play because this is an era where, you know, media people are fighting for the public's attention, so they may get wind of something and put it out there to get people like, oh, let me see what that says, and they may not have the full story yet. Because another sticking point is Stephen A. kept saying the relationship between Yudoka and whoever was consensual, but uh, Sham Sharani is saying that hasn't been confirmed whether it was consensual or not. Mm. And that single word in the story can change the whole viewpoint of everything. Everything. Right. Right. And I'm assuming that that's what the holdup is. They're probably digging into that aspect of it and how many violations there were. Yeah, because I'm I'm reading the um a um little bit of an article by ESPN um by Tim um by Tim Bontemps um he wrote the article mm-hmm. uh, he said Boston Celtics owner uh, Wink uh, Grusbeck said the organization's decision to suspend Ime Iduka for his 2023-23 season uh, came after an investigation by an independent law firm uncovered multiple violations of team policies um like and I quote um. Uh, Grusbeck said, I'm concerned about the situation and its in- impact on everybody in Celtics organization. Mm-hmm. I do hope this represents the beginning of a new chapter and a chance to turn the page and move forward with things to some extent. Um, and you can tell, I mean, I didn't see the press conference like live, but watching like ESPN like, and like first tech like, other press conference, they can tell Brad Stevens was kind of like, he, he, I don't know, like, because I feel like when I'm, when I'm watching a person, like, their body language like he mm-hmm. wasn't he was tight like he was kind of like damn like this happened so quick like you know right but, I, I think that was the big problem with him is like yeah like my yes, whole thing is involved but 
now there's other people in the organization who have been kind of put out there. And even if Udoka's gone, there may have to be some type of smoothing over for some people who may have been implicated in all this for no reason. And and even Matt Barnes kind of came out and said something like he's hearing about details that's way more like egregious than what's being reported now. And that has me interested to see like what does he know? And, and if it, he's and if he's sitting on something, then like is he gonna wait until the Celtics maybe talk about it a little bit and then maybe he comes out with what he knows? I mean it's a, a lot nice I mean, situation. A lot, yeah, like a lot of people um say that Matt Barnes is a credible source, so like he must know a lot than you know what we what the media people know. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously, he, obviously he's, been, he's been in the NBA and he has the inside. So yeah, that's that's crazy. But um, I, I think my take on it is like like what I said in the in the in the Facebook Messenger um group. Like, see, like with with that situation, I think like it would have been best to um. I mean, obviously, just pushing aside the basketball, like you know, getting to the playoffs last mm-hmm. year because yeah. it was his first year as a coach. I'm saying that like they should have just fired him off the bat instead of like because now they don't know okay he's banned or suspended for the year for this year but they haven't they haven't even said that they're gonna bring him back for next season so I mean they would they they would have said if they wanted him back they would have been like okay he's suspended for the year mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about you know his teachers uh, later later on but he was like uh, I think the the owner was like no like he didn't say that. Um, so it, I don't know, like in a in a locker room when they just made the playoffs mm-hmm. um, last year. Like I, I mean, I'm not again. I'm not knocking anything off of any of the players here. It's, it's all coaching and stuff. Like I mean, I don't know much about the coaches, like you know the staff you, as well as you do. But I just don't see like because you need a coach to like you know that. I mean, obviously he's that coach Joe. I think his name has been there mm-hmm. uh, and been there, been in practices. But I don't know. It's, uh, it's just an awkward situation in, in the, like in that locker room, knowing that your head coach. We don't know what he did to this woman or win men, um, mm-hmm. but so that can leave like you know, some some tension in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? And with that lingering, and um, right. I mean, I, I mean, I see them making a playoff push, maybe a play in, but like I don't know. I don't like with the with the whole. With the whole like with the whole mess, I, and like I said, it's messy right now. So yeah, th- there could be more more info that we don't know that's going to come out. Like you said, like you know, it's, it's a big case when uh, law enforcement is in, just like the Deshaun Watson case. You know, there's law enforcement involved, but then again, like the Watson wasn't accused of any, or he wasn't charged with anything. He, he didn't. He was not. He's not listed mm-hmm. as, a, as a criminal, so we like we can't rush to judgment here on the email. Like he's he hasn't been proven guilty in a court of law, right? Um, so, um, but I don't know. I just feel like you know. I mean, I, I believe in like Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and all of them, but um, just as a coaching point or perspective, you need you need that 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 coach that has been to the playoffs and obviously they were in the finals last year. But like mm-hmm. you said, like he's in the house of co- uh. Interim, uh, interim coach, so he's been in practices, but I mean, it's going to be interesting to follow the Celtics this year, like with how they handle the whole. And now, the, another question is like, it, can he can he not go to any like games at all, like in the arena? Like, is he banned from the arena? That's another. They they hadn't said that. Well, 
I think that would be. And he's still so, like, like, and he's still getting paid too. He's still getting paid, right? Well, I think they, they, I guess, reduced his salary for his suspended season. Now, for him to show up at the arena, that may be some attention he may not want, right? Because you know, some fans will want to if they see him, maybe boom or whatever. And I mean, I don't know his situation with Nia Long, but let's say she shows up with him, then she may catch some. So I, yeah, I fully expect awkward, he'll probably man. stay away. Maybe he'll show up at like practices every once in a while. I don't know if that's even allowed as well, but I will say one thing that my hope is that, you know, the owner and Brad Stevens, once they knew they were going to suspend Yudoka, that they would have contacted like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to kind of see you know, how they were doing in terms of who from the interim staff they would want as the head coach. So since they named Joe Mazzula, I'm hoping that the guys are fine with that. Because like I said, Damon Stoudemire is on the staff as well. And that's the guy who I kind of thought they may have named him the interim coach only because, you know, he has that NBA background and all that. But if they're going with Mazzula, I'm fine with that. And also it's going to show it's probably going to test the leadership qualities of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. We know Al oh, Horford. Yeah. Al Horford is a you know born leader because he's been around for a while, and we know Marcus Smart's a leader. But this is going to be something where you know when they go on the road, they may hear stuff, but they're going to have to like come together, you know, become stronger and just get through the season and then deal with it next year whatever happens i'm like you made a good point like uh, like that's how i how i meant like but what i meant when i said like tatum brown like the three yeah. main like players like they need to like you know they need to not step it up but they need to like you know uh, maybe they need to step it up maybe like you know take that leadership role mm-hmm. knowing that your coach that put you in a position last year to get to the final is not going to be there the whole season so yeah it's going to be in I just don't like with that. It's just like the East are getting more competitive. Um, yeah. You know, got the Miami, Philadelphia, uh, Brooklyn, and Cavaliers. And they're looking good. There's, there's a lot of teams in the East that, like, you know, are, are obviously like every team knows what's going on in Boston. So, like, teams might take that to an advantage and, like, you know, notice that they don't have their head coach. But, like, mm-hmm. I do believe, I mean, that, like, I do agree with you that, you know, Brown, Tatum, and Smart, and Horford, they should get it together, been together as a team, and, like, you know, come together and, like, you know, get it done. But with all those distractions, like, I, I just don't see them, like, maybe maybe make it to the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or being I, I, one of those I think top, they'll be better than that. I mean, they'll I think... be in the mix, but with, yeah. like, just, like, that chemistry with the coaching and stuff, like, you know, with, not, with him not having a, a head coaching role, I'm um, mm-hmm. ever just being like you know under the radar. Um, even Brassy was um, he said um, it's been a hard time. The only thing uh, this I quote and I quote from in the article on, on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that um, it's been a hard time. Stephen said the only thing I would like to say is that um, I thought and Wink mentioned it already. We have a lot of talented women. In our organization, and I thought Thursday or today was really hard on them. Nobody can control Twitter um, speculations and rampant 
bullcrap, but I do think we are we as an organization have a responsibility to support them now because a lot of people were dragged on family into that. Um, and then he commented on how, like, you know, um, of the hiring of the interim head coach, how, like, you know, it wasn't expected because, like, this news wasn't it was out of the blue, kind of like, uh, mm -hmm. and yeah. you know, it's a hard from being like an assistant coach or whatever, like that turn of events, like it's kind of difficult for him, the coach that's coming in because, you know, the timing and stuff. So, I mean, and, but the preseason starts what, like next week and then season starts like October. So they got to get it together. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, well, I mean, I luckily think, he will have the preseason to kind of get his yeah. feet wet and figure out how to address the team and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it'd probably be interesting to see how they play in the preseason and how he looks on the sideline, which could kind of give us an idea of what it will look like in the regular season as well. Yeah, that suspicion I think is starts indefinitely today with Eme, so he's not yeah. going to be a part of the team. So, like, but like Breskin says, like many of these women that you know, many like the Boston has, I guess I'm assuming they have women that are well respected in that organization. Yeah, and some of the women that you know, like you said, like with that being on Twitter and like everywhere, like those women that are involved or could be involved are bringing drags into it when they don't they don't need to be. But uh, I don't know who that uh, thing someone commented. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, Real Madrid, that's a great team. I guess that is, is, is that's a fun fact. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, like it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be um like interesting to see like how they do this season. But um yeah, let's focus our uh, attention next to the Sarver situation. I know we talked about it on our on the Big Three podcast mm -hmm. on the Sports Empire. Um just tell me, man, like um I'm obviously I know that you're looking for a ban a ban for or are you looking for a ban for life for him or what do you um like did, like, did, did you throw him? Yeah, I mean, at this point, that's where it's heading. You know, he came out and said he's selling both the Mercury and the Suns, which there's no way he was going to sit there and continue to run both teams because we know with the WNBA as well as the NBA, those players aren't afraid to voice their opinion when it comes to issues in front office and ownership. You know, even in the WNBA, we saw that with the Atlanta Dream a couple of years ago when they had uh, Kelly Leffler, who was running for, I think, governor down here in Georgia. And she made some kind of provocative comments and the players completely shut her out to the point where she had to sell the team. And same thing with Sarver. Like, there was too much noise being made from big name guys in the NBA for him to make it through this and kind of get away free. So hopefully it's a quick sell and um, whoever, you know, becomes the owner, you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing like a minority owner there because uh, kind of what I was going to say with the Celtic situation that maybe the suspension had to deal with because women were involved. And we know that sometimes women's uh, stories dealing with women aren't treated the same way. So maybe this is kind of a kind of a showing to, you know, back them up in the story, but I don't know. But with the Sarver thing, you know, this would be a chance, you know, get a minority owner down there and, you know, boost the numbers of minority ownership around the league. 
I mean, since it's the Suns, I, w- I kind of wonder if people might ask Charles Barkley because hmm. he's loved in the Phoenix area. That's a, that's a good that's a good point. And I could see him doing it. Um, I mean, I know he loves his Turner job and all that, but I, well, at least maybe Barkley be a part of the ownership group. And I think that could be like a good story for the NBA. I mean, you know, some local businessman and as long like kind of like Magic Johnson did with the Dodgers and all that, attach Barkley's name to it. The fans down there love him and it can kind of uh, ease the transition away from Sarver and everything that he did. That's I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing Barkley's name popping yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's, I didn't even think about that. I mean, that's another. I mean, I, I heard like Bezos is an obvious. He's every. He's even every. Yeah, Bezos is everywhere. Day, yeah. Everywhere. Um. Yeah. I mean, but like I said on the on the Big Three uh, podcast, like I just. I mean, I, um, the N word is not okay. Uh, saying it. Um, like in any circumstance. Uh, if, mm-hmm. Um. And it's not, you know, and um, I looked back at the Sterling um, situation and um, I looked at that, that, like, I went on YouTube and looked at the audio call that was recorded. Yeah. And that was messed up, man. I think he, I'm not sure if the girl or the woman was like Hispanic or, or I know she was a person of color. I think she was like either like Latino or something I, like I think that. She or, was, I think she was Hispanic. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she did nothing wrong. She was just, he was like, oh, like, why are you posting selfies with with him online? Like, yeah, was... uh, some, some crazy stuff. She's like, what do, you, <laughs> what do you what do you what do you mean? I'm not doing anything wrong. Like, he was like, oh, like I don't want you around them. Like, what do you like? Like, she was like, you have a bad heart. And everything. Mm-hmm. Every, that was a sterling situation. Like, we all know he got banned. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why. I mean, like, like I said on the other podcast show that like, I mean, I think. Him being banned for one year is like a slap on the slap on the wrist for the NBA. Cut. They they banned Sterling without no hesitation for forever. So, um, so I mean, I think they're working. They're leading towards a, a ban for, for. Well, yeah. Good. Once once he sells the team, he'll be banned. I that's why I'm thinking that maybe the one year ban was to give him time to put the team up for sale, find a new uh, ownership group, and he can slowly kind of fade away. But now with the process starting right away, if they like if they get sold two weeks from now, we won't see Sarver again because no other team's gonna sell to him with this background he has. So it's gonna be a, a full time band for him. I'm not I gotta look at what he said. I think didn't he like mention like Draymond Green when he was or I mean I still don't know all of it. Like once I read that it was, you know, N-word stuff and then inappropriate comments towards women, which thinking about that, like it's been a rough couple of weeks for the NBA with these two stories coming out. But kind of like back to back. Yeah. So I think once you're dealing with um, you know, N-word or any other type of language towards, you know, any other race or whatever, plus women. Yeah, that's a big deal in today's NBA. And it's interesting that, you know, these owners and all that who are the older ones clearly are the ones who can't handle. They're showing their true colors, man. Yeah, they can't handle the progression of the world where, yeah, back in the day, it was all men. You know, you're in the locker room, you say what you want. You didn't care. Mm -hmm. 
But right, now right. you have to realize women are, you know, they're bigger into sports, so they're paying attention. Yeah, I just heard that. Um, I forget her name. Um, uh, I think yesterday a, a woman um just got hired as for Popovich's assistant head coaching uh, stint with him. Um, I think um, it, it it wasn't um the girl woman that uh, coaches in the WNBA. I think it was a new girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Popovich has been kind of a leader in you know, getting women, women more involved in the process of, you know, NBA day-to-day type stuff. Cause I think the Celtics even have a woman who kind of came from his system as well on, on their bench. So uh, he's, yeah. Even once Popovich retires or whatever, it kind of steps away. His fin- his um, fingerprint is going to be spread throughout the league because um, I even saw in a few, like Celtics groups that I'm in or whatever. Mm. A lot of them were throwing out would the Celtics hire like Becky Hammond next year because she's made it known she wants to coach in the NBA. Right, right. And I think when Popovich used to get thrown out of games whenever he kind of wanted to take a break, she would always take over. And I think she's somebody who has the respect of NBA players. Now, I'm not saying that whether or not she should get the Celtics job but I, I mean, I think it would be interesting. Yeah, um, the assistant coach that was hired was a uh, former NBA player, Candice Debris. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Yeah, she was. Um, um, yeah, she's uh, played the Mercury. Yeah, I remember her. Mercury, and then uh, she, um, she played 16 seasons in WNBA, five different teams, winning a title with Mercury in 2014. In her career, Dupree was seven-time All-Star and averaged 14 points per game. 6.3 rebounds per game. Um, she currently sits fifth in the league in history in points, games mm-hmm. played, and field goals made. So, I mean, that's pretty cool, man. Like, yeah. like you said, Popovich is probably the only male coach that I've seen that kind of like so far that I've seen bringing women into like you know roles. So hopefully, um, Becky Hammond can even land that that NBA job. Like you know, I feel like you know, for me, I feel like women can. Um, Obviously, men and women have short temperaments, but I feel like women, when it comes to the temperaments, they, they can kind of control. So I feel like that'd be good for the league, you know, for teams, you know. So, like I said, Popovich was got just mad a lot, mm-hmm. like, and he just, you know, uh, ejected from the game a lot. And Becky Hammond came in, so I feel like more women that c- come into the head coaching roles or like, you know, the higher roles in the NBA, it's the more the merrier, man, for real. Like, yeah, I mean. You know, seeing women coaches, women yeah. officials, women exactly. commentators, and anal- studio analysts. Now, some women, I mean, some women refs do mess up some calls, but I mean, I mean, women, and male refs are screwing up calls too. So yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's a learning curve for for everyone. So yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's dope to see that Popovich has hired a um former NBA player uh, in that in that way. So um. I guess we can uh have any more NBA threads to talk about, I guess. No, I think that well, I mean, other than like the top ten list, but I mean we don't we don't have to get into that now. No, no, we can do that like next week. Yeah. Um all right, let's get into the NFL, man. I know uh we talked about um on, on the big three mm-hmm. podcast, uh the week two highlights. Games that we like, games that we didn't like. Uh, let's go through them one more time, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, go to the NFL page of ESPN. 
Um, da, da, da. So yeah, like let's start uh, week two, man. So tell me like your reactions to like um, the different games. Um, it was it's kind of a telling week for some teams. Like uh, for one. I thought when the Rams went up against the Falcons, it was going to be a good opportunity for them to kind of show that they were the team that they were last season. You know, Falcons are a struggling team. So I thought it'd be something where they could get right, get their offense flowing and kind of move on throughout the season. And like a lot of teams in the NFL in week two, you know, they had a good first half, but then struggled in the second half and they almost lost that game. Whereas we saw some other teams completely blow big leads. The Rams barely hung on. And I still have questions about them, whether or not, you know, they've kind of gotten complacent after winning the Super Bowl. Um, You know, Jalen Ramsey has really taken a step back so far in the season. Uh, You know, they went out and signed Allen Robinson, but it looks like they're having a hard time getting him integrated into the offense. Mm-hmm. The offensive line, they lost Whitworth, who was their big left tackle, you know, perennial pro bowler. And now the offensive line has been struggling a little bit. Matt Stafford struggled as well. So, I mean, they're going to have to kind of turn it around and show that they can play at a level similar to what they did last year. Otherwise, I don't see them repeating i mean it's, it's tough to repeat in the nfl anyway but the way they're playing right now i mean they don't they don't look too good right i mean now. yeah like they must let the um like the falcons come back that was a crazy yeah. game back and forth. like it's the falcons like mm-hmm. um yeah i mean we've seen like the, the Bengals. uh they're owing too i mean they were those teams yeah, that, were both, that's shocking those teams well, were both yeah. in super bowl last year i mean and they're kind of like i then again it would be fair to say it's still early we're in week three yeah. Yep. No, no point of pushing the panic button. But like the teams that, like on paper coming to the season, like were the Rams, mm-hmm. um, were the Super Bowl winners, and then the Bengals, which were the contenders. Um, so both teams are zero and two. And um, let's go down. The, I mean, on ESPN, let's go down the line, man. Uh, week two games: um, Chargers and Chiefs. Uh, Chargers beat or Chiefs beat the Chargers. Yep. 27-24. Uh, Herbert went uh, two for three. Uh, th- 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 for 48, 334 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, Clyde Edwards, uh, Clyde H- Edwards Hilaire had eight carries for 74 yards. Mike Williams had eight receiving yards for 113 or eight receiving catches for one thir- 113 yards, one touchdown. Um, down the line, I mean, I'm looking at the box score, like, and then I think, um, we talked about Herbert went down with that rib injury, but he came back and uh, and and uh, and performed. Mm-hmm. Um, Mahomes was uh, threw for 235 yards, uh, two two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, so down the, down the line, like you know, Eckler had 14. He's really hasn't produced anything in the first two games. Um, but like you said, like you know, like uh, that 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 front nine, that front seven, it's like sketchy because like you like you say you got Wentworth or his name right, the guy that retired. Well, yeah, that was with the Rams. He retired. Oh, the Rams. Yeah, um, yeah, the Rams. Ram, well, the Rams, Chargers' yeah. main issue is they. Oh, they sorry. Yeah, the char- I'm sorry. Yeah, the Chargers. No, no, I, mean, I, forgot, both, I forgot we're on that game. <laughs> they're both LA. I mean, they have. Oh yeah. yeah, but um, um, yeah, like I mean, with um, 
with uh, Keenan Allen out. I mean, Mike yeah. Evans had just or not Mike. I'm messing up today. Mike Williams um, went off uh, like he had to. Eckler really hadn't done nothing the past two games. Um, and, I mean, that game was kind of back and forth, but the Chiefs pulled it off. Uh, ending up winning up by a field goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like, you know, and, and plus it was broadcast on Amazon Prime, which is kind of a new thing that the, that the NFL is doing uh, now. So, I mean, I, it was I like the game. Prime broadcast. Just yeah, to yeah. throw that in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a nice yeah. Combination of Herb Street and Al Michael. It reminds me of like how they do like the uh, how they put the games on like like the, the Nickelodeon broadcast. How they yeah. do like their own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never actually watched one of the Nickelodeon broadcasts, but I think that is interesting to you know do that for the younger audience and you know make it more appealing to them. I mean, that's one thing the NFL can get right is that they know how to cater to you know their whole audience because you know when i was growing up watching football i would never have thought the nfl would be on nickelodeon and you know doing like a a post-game type of show on there running through highlights and you know throwing on nickelodeon characters and all that but it's i mean it's pretty interesting and i guess the thing i'd say with the chargers is i feel like with eckler he I think he's got kind of getting lost in the philosophy of the team because we know today's NFL, a lot of teams that have high profile quarterbacks, they kind of want to throw the ball all over the field. And Eckler's, as you can see with his numbers, he's suffering because of that. Right, right. Maybe with Herbert being injured a little bit, maybe we see a little more of Eckler running the ball. But I mean, that's where I kind of think his production's dipping is because. They just put the ball in Herbert's uh, hand pretty much all the time now. Right. I mean, I'm looking at the um, I'm looking at the um, the the receiving yard or stats for like the Chiefs. I mean, they they really didn't. I mean, Travis Kelsey had five receiving for 51 yards. Justin Watson had two receiving 50 yards. Um, Juju Smith had three receiving 12 yards. I mean, or 10 yards. Um, I mean, Chargers should have won that game. I mean, Mike Williams went off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so Marcus, um, Marquez Dallas Scanley are had two receiving yards for 13, like for the Chiefs. It wasn't yeah. like that good. I mean, it was more like oh, that game was more. I saw like who who the best quarterback was going to be, like who's going to, like, you know, take that, who was going to take them down, down, down the field. Cause like on the Chiefs side, like, like down the line, like they didn't really have a good game for receiving for the receivers. So, um, but the Chiefs poured it out 27-24, um, but, and they got it done at, at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So, Yeah, a win is a win. But, I mean, missing Keenan Allen was a big piece because that's a big, big body receiver. So, yeah. But Mike Williams, he's a big body receiver too. Uh, so um, let's move on to the next game um, on ESPN's list. I, I believe this is the game I went to, the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins Ravens game. Uh, so, yep, that's the next game. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Why are you laughing, man? <laughs> because I mean, I, I understand when oh. it comes to like Ravens fans. There's like this big, you know, tug of war going on with Ravens fans and other fans. Because of course, you know, Steelers fans, Browns fans, they love seeing the Ravens lose. But 
I think there's some fans out there, and I know you've talked about this in the group chat and all that, but Lamar Jackson's one of those where you either love him or you hate him. There's not really a middle ground with him. And when there's games like the game against Miami where they lose, the ones that hate him love it, and they have a lot that they point to. And then those that love Lamar Jackson, you know, they find themselves having to defend him so much. And that's kind of what made me laugh was just that I – because I understand that and I see it a lot, you know, because I'm one who can be a little critical of Lamar Jackson. But my only criticism of him is I would like to see him become a better thrower. And he's showing that this season that he's definitely getting there because we all know he can break off an 80, 85 yard run easily. But when I see quarterbacks like that, I always think about, you know, RG threes who had all the athleticism in the world. Then it took one hit on his knee and that was taken away from him. And then he was left with what? Um, And then even on the other side, Mike Vick, Mike Vick, all the athleticism in the world. He had like the strongest arm you'll ever see, but he, I mean, he even said it himself um, when he did that interview and he talked about, you know, in his career, the coaches would give him game tape and he wouldn't watch it. And he was like, if they put a thousand dollars in the game tape, he never would have seen it. And it makes you wonder if Michael Vick had, you know, maybe, worked on his accuracy more how great of a quarterback he could have been so that's where i'm at with lamar jackson like if lamar jackson becomes an accurate passer a reliant passer when it's late in games and and you need points on the board like he would be the most unstoppable quarterback in the nfl because at that point you wouldn't know what to do with him if you play back he'd kill you People still don't know. I mean, people still don't know how to game. Like, but like I said in the in the podcast, our podcast um, together. Um, like I said, people still don't know how to game from game from from like the uh, head coach um of the Miami Dolphins said that um it's hard to find like a like a a um a, what do they call like in practice like the little um yeah that when they run the scout team and all that yeah scout yeah. team yeah it's hard to find a scout for Lamar because you don't know if he can pass the ball if he's gonna run it if he's gonna do like RPO on you. You you can't you can't really campaign for that and like but like you said like if like the only critic that people say about Lamar is he can't throw the ball and that's why uh, this year like in the past couple games that I've seen like he hasn't really ran the ball as much um because he's preser- he's preserving those legs for the re- for later on in the season and plus they're getting Dobbins back um which is a key piece mm-hmm. um. Their backup Gus Edwards is coming back. I mean, they have a kind of a deep running. I mean, Mike Davis, but he's kind of like, uh, yeah. um, and then they got Keen Drake. He's pretty good. Um, like he kind of fumbled the ball last game, though, but he mm-hmm. recovered it. But I mean, and then plus we're getting Ryan, Ryan Stanley back. But yeah, like you're right. Like you either love him or hate him. And I feel like they're like, I feel like Lamar and LeBron are the two most hated players like on social media because it, like LeBron, you know, they compare him to, or he's in the conference with Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. And like how Jordan has six rings, LeBron has four rings, and oh, like LeBron wouldn't do this in this era. Da, 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 da. LeBron is soft, da, 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 da. and Lamar can't throw the ball. He can't mm-hmm. do much. Like he can only run the ball. Like 
they're, they're only hitting on him because he's he, he's great, man. Like mm-hmm. obviously, like this year, he's gonna he's gonna show everyone what he's capable of. And like Beth Ruby is steep with Raymond's organization because like when he plays well each game, his money goes it goes up. So that's where we as the Ravens like organization and we kind of messed up with not signing him before the season because his market's gonna only go up from here, you know what I'm saying? So um but like out like 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 you know I was at the game um last Sunday. I mean it was a great game to go to, you know, it was a good game. Um very hot. It was like 90 something like I was in the top like top I was at like five hundred level. Um mm-hmm. and uh but like I said in the other podcast on Tuesday, like you can tell, like Miami Ra- fan or a Ravens fan, like from the first half to, to the second half, the crowd was changed dramatically. Like yeah. we were up 35-14 in the first half. Um, you know, Tua threw two picks, uh, both to Marcus Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was a catch, and the one he caught it, but he had two feet in um, the um, inbound line. Um, he almost threw damn near like four picks, but Luckily, Marcus Williams did dropped a couple of them. Yeah. Um, but he almost threw for, for 500 yards. Uh, I mean, and we had Tyreek Hill double teamed like the whole first half. But I think something in two was mine was like, damn, like I got probably two of the top five receivers in the league, and Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Let me let me use them better, and yeah. he he did. Uh, Tyreek Hill went off. Scored the last two touchdowns. I'll kind of fail the game, but but like I said, like the Ravens, like I don't know how the hell, like in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, Miami outscored us twenty to twenty eight to three, um, and and we are known as a hard nose, hard ball like defensive team, yeah. um, and uh, I can't really place the blame on Lamar because he had a good game, like he didn't he didn't get sacked. Uh, he threw for almost like 400 yards. Had two, tu- or I think it had a couple, like three, three, three touchdowns. One, one was a 89 yard or eight, 80 yard touchdown run mm-hmm. uh, from him. It's just the defense couldn't get it done. I know we had some injuries in that backfield. I know we just signed Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, so we got him. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of a big piece uh, for the linebackers uh, room, but um, I don't know. It's just like. That game, we should have had it in the bag. We should have just, you know, I, I feel like my opinion, we, we kind of got cocky with the lead. Um, mm-hmm. We're probably not. They ain't coming back. Um, they just kind of like put the foot on the gas pedal a little bit. But you can't do that in this league, like especially when you had Tyreek Hill and Waddle on the other side. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, right. Um, but you can tell like the atmosphere like switched from like, I mean, obviously Lamar's MVP, but they're saying MVP Lamar, yeah, 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 and then. Second quarter or second half, it was like dead in there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the the I guess the two things that I took from that game was one, I feel like Miami's being overrated in the media because of these two wins that they've had. If you look at the week one win over New England, that game was much closer than the twenty to seven score, and seven of those points for Miami came defensively. So their offense only scored 13 points. Then the Baltimore game, 
yes, it was a great comeback for Miami. But the one thing that I will say about Baltimore that kind of is one of the reasons why I've never been, you know, like worried about them when it comes to the playoffs and all that is that I feel like at times Harbaugh and, uh, you know, whoever the offensive uh, coordinator Uh, is. Greg Roman. Yeah. They can get like really conservative at times. And because of that, teams who have some firepower on their side offensively can make comebacks. Cause I saw it. I mean, this is before Lamar got there, but when Baltimore had great teams, they'd get to the playoffs, they'd face the Patriots. And then there would be times where they'd have, cause there was that one game. I think they had like the double digit lead twice and Brady, you know, kept chipping away at it and they won it late. And it's not even only Baltimore. It's like something about the AFC North. They all kind of have that mentality where if they get a lead, they want to sit on the ball, take it slow. And I kind of would be interested to see if they just opened it up for Lamar, just all game, let him, you know, throw it all around the football field, take off when he has to, you know, run RPO action and all that. Right. Would they be, you know, a high-powered offense and just just completely, you know, blow out teams? Or are they afraid that if they do that, maybe Lamar gets exposed a little bit and that's what they're worried about? It's, I mean, it's interesting to me that you could look that great one half and then second half, it's like you turn the switch off and you're just trying to ride out the clock or something. I mean, two of those touchdowns were turned back, though. I was kind of mad. Um, and, and uh, the one was um, Lamar rushing touchdown that was called mm-hmm. back, and then Mark Andrews. I mean, I, I it looked like he was in, but I guess his knee was was down yeah. prior to the ball crossing the line. Um, so we could have been up by more, but I guess the rules are rules, the knees down. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not that's not really no excuse, but I mean, that could have been, but I didn't see them review the Miami touchdown when uh, Jacecki, uh, but it looked like he was in by mm-hmm. like. A smidge, it was a good catch by him. But um, yeah, I mean, and a, a lot of people are saying the reason why we can't get like a big body receiver like a D Hop or like I, I mean, like a Diggs because a lot of people say that that Lamar like he 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 can't throw, and that's not the case. I mean, he can throw like he he's proven he can throw the ball, but like normally like the Ravens are are a run heavy a run heavy offense, right? Um, yeah. So not many receivers want to play with a run-heavy offense when they, when they know they're not going to get the ball. But, mm-hmm. I mean, give me a Debo Samuel. Give me, like, a Stephon Diggs. Like, one, like, wide receiver, like, that's, like, in their prime. And we straight, man. I mean, I know Bateman, he's he's still young, but he can be that number one, possibly. Duvernay mm-hmm. um, can be one. Um, we got, I mean, we got some young t- receivers. But, I mean, I have noticed that Baltimore hasn't been able to – land a top receiver like a D hop or a Debo. And that's kind of why that can be another reason why Lamar wants to go leave Baltimore. Cause he hasn't had that top receiver that, that, but I'm, I don't want him to go. Obviously cause I'm a Ravens fan, but I mean, a lot of people are saying he might be, he might go to Miami or he might go somewhere else. Um, I think my cousin, um, Mike, Mike said that he might go to Tampa and, and replace T- Brady next Tom season. Brady. But, cause, but people say like the leverage is, because Miami, because like, that's his hometown. But yeah. I just don't see if Tua has a good year. I don't see them releasing Tua. Maybe 
But like you said, it's too early. Um, and maybe this game overrated these two wins that they had were overrated. Yeah. Um, but well, I also think that the like offensive system with Baltimore isn't that appealing to big name wide receivers, at least as it is right now. You know, that can change throughout the course of the season. Like, like, like you said, you know, if Bateman has a great season and we see a lot of big plays out of Bateman, then, you know, that could kind of change the mentality. Because like I said, for me on the outside looking in, when I think Baltimore, I think, you know, big running back. I mean, it's probably more like the Trent Dilfer days, but it seems like that's kind of where they still are. It's just that now they happen to have this quarterback that breaks the mold of anything they've ever had. And I don't know if Harbaugh's the right guy to really tap into Lamar's potential or maybe, like I said, maybe Harbaugh's just afraid to see what happens. Because hmm. who's to say Lamar can't be a young Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson could run it around, had a strong arm, and could beat you over the top. And if the play broke down, he could improvise – if he had to run, he could get you a first down. But when he scrambled around, he was looking to throw the ball deep. And I mean, Russell Wilson was one of the most, one of the more accurate deep ball passes that I remember him to be. And that's not to say that Lamar can't do that. It's just that he doesn't get a lot of opportunities throughout the season to do that. It's a lot because it looks like it's a lot of slant routes. It's a lot of curl routes. It's a lot of quick screens to the which outside, is, stuff like that. Which is fine, because like if if, if your receiver is... I mean, I, I would love a deep ball, but, like, I mean, yeah. like, a corral is fine. Like, you, you, you can get, like, five yards um, rack up, uh, what they're, like, they call a rack, right after catch. Yeah. I mean, you can get a lot, a lot of rack yards from... I mean, they wouldn't be as much of the deep, deep route, but, like, I mean, that's what... I think that's what the Ravens are known for. They're the quick slants or deep curls. Mm-hmm. The thing about it, if you're a fast receiver, you do a, a quick cut back to the to the line of scrimmage. You can fit that dude out and go and go to the end zone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like you're right. I feel like Greg Homer and Harbaugh should let Lamar loose, man. Just let. I mean, I think I I saw that he had an elbow thing in in practice. Uh, he had like a sleeve, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe he said he's good to go for the game, but. Um, but like you, know, like you're right. Maybe he could be like a young Wilson. Um, like you know, in in his like when he started started out, Russell was more of a runner. Um, but as he got older, he was more of like a passer, you know, pocket passer. But he had the weapons. He had you know he. I mean, he had a uh, um, locket. He had a uh, who was that Titan they had him for a long time. Um, uh, Graham, Graham. Yeah, he had Graham. Graham. He had. Which is, I mean, we have we have uh, Andrews. I mean, yeah, Andrews is, is a pretty good tight end. Yeah. Oh, he's like in there. He's in the top tier with a Kelsey, I think, and Kittle. I think he's in that top tier, like of tight ends. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I a lot of people say that we can't land a number one, like you know, receiver because of the way Baltimore runs their offense, and mm-hmm. you know, teams want to go to a a. Jimmy Jimmy G type of system where like he he's a pocket passer or they want to go to like a I mean I mean Colin Murray he's the same he, he rushes and he's shorter than Lamar and he I mean mm-hmm. but 
I mean, obviously, I think he's a better, better, a slightly better arm than Lamar right now. But Lamar, I mean, he's been throwing the ball well this season. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's only two games, but yeah, it's just like, like, what are people going to say when Lamar can throw it on a on a consistent basis and and make more, way more playoff games? Like, I want to be interested to see like what people say about that. Well, I mean, that's what people are waiting for. So right. until he shows the consistency in the in the passing game people will still say that uh and like i said to be honest i'm one of those who would like to see him become a better passer but like i said i can see that he's definitely working on it so i i mean i can respect that and if he continues to then who knows how good he can be and also he's gonna have to win playoff games before you know, people really start taking the Ravens seriously because right now you look at the Ravens regular season, it's not going to mean much to a lot of people. They're going to want to see what does Baltimore look like? Let's say going to Buffalo hostile um, environment, a team that likes to blitz, likes to get up on wide receivers. Can Lamar break down a defense like that? Get, you know, put points on the board and win a game like that. Until he does it, that's what people are going to hold on to. Or going to Kansas City, um, getting locked into a shootout like the Buffalo-Kansas City game last season. If you took Buffalo out of that equation, put the Ravens in, would that game have gone the same way or would Baltimore have gotten blown out? So I think those are the questions that he can only answer with actually doing it in the playoffs. I mean, it's unfortunate because some guys get the benefit of the doubt and, you know, if they don't win in the playoffs, people apologize for them. And then there's other guys who, if they don't do it, that's what people use to kind of keep them down. That's the nature of being the quarterback and being a well-known quarterback around the league as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, and think about it, like Lamar. I'm, look, I'm looking at the stats. Like, went 21 for 29, 318 yards, 11 uh, yards on average, three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't affect at all. Um, Tua had almost seven or 500 pass yards. Uh, had two interceptions. Um, but he still played a good game in the second half. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like you know, like you, uh, like we both said, it's still early in the season. Um, but like you still like with that loss, like that with that would that come behind would that would that come behind win by Miami? Do you still see my or Baltimore as like a threat to like make a playoff run? Like or do you think it's too early? I mean, obviously our, we had New England and we had the yeah. Bills. Um, but like do you, I mean a lot of people still had the Ravens as one of the most scariest teams in the in the AFC. And the way you're taking out the Browns are kind of like with the two and one, I believe. Yeah. Steelers are one and two. Uh, Bengals are Owen, Owen two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just in the AFC North. I mean, um, Vegas kind of like you know, kind of like in there. Yeah. But like, the, like, do you see Baltimore as like that top scary team in like the in the mix? So after two games, right? <laughs> so for me, when I look at the AFC and looking at the playoffs. I feel like there's teams that I'm comfortable picking them no matter where they play. And right now that'd be like Buffalo, um, 
Kansas City. Maybe that might be it right now. And then you look at kind of the next tier where matchups are going to be so important for them. And I think Baltimore is one of those teams. Now, if Baltimore could get to the point where they were like a number one seed and the playoffs kind of ran through Baltimore, right. I'd feel more comfortable about them. But if they're caught in a matchup against a Buffalo, a Kansas City, or I guess maybe the Chargers, if the Chargers are right, because the Chargers can put up points, if they had to go to on the road to teams like that, I'd be worried about them. So they're, I mean, yes, I would say they are a scary team. It's just that the situation is going to have to be right for them in the playoffs, just the way I see it right now. But, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out of the AFC. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. But if they had to go to Buffalo or Kansas City or something like for an AFC championship game, I'd be worried about picking them to win it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, depending on how the AFC North uh, shapes up, I think they still can get that that division. Yeah, um, I mean, they they should win the division. They should, they should. The way things are going, um, I mean, the Bengals can't turn around. We'll see. Right. Um, I mean, would they have the um, who do they play this week? Um, the Jets, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They do. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that should be a W for the Bengals, but hey, they, they beat the Browns last week, the Jets, so by one point. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's get to the next game. Uh, let me see what's on ESPN. And we, like, we're going to have to go through all the ends because there's a lot of games in week two. Uh, we can go over the, just the top. Like the top yeah. yeah, that's fine. I know. Um, so I, mean, I guess the next game on the list would be the Niners and Seahawks. I know we talked about that game on our show. I mean, Flyers destroyed the Seahawks mm-hmm. uh, by 20 points. Um, you know, uh, Trey Lance got hurt that game, and uh, Jimmy G came in. And like you, like we said, thank God that uh, the Niners had some sense in signing Jimmy G because they would have been screwed if they didn't. Yeah, but but they didn't know. But they didn't know that Trey Lance was going to get hurt. Right, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give the Niners too much credit in that because they made it known they were going to trade Garoppolo. Exactly. But then Garoppolo, I think, got hurt in the offseason or had surgery or something, and that kind of hurt their negotiations with other teams. And then by the time Garoppolo came back and was healthy and good to go, basically all of the other starting positions were taken. Now. Maybe come the trade deadline, they might have been able to do something, but they obviously can't do that now with Lance being down. And exactly, I mean, even for Trey Lance, you know, he, yeah, they gave him the starting role, but he had a lot to prove this season. And it just stinks that he only got like a game and a half in before this happened to him. Because it would have been interesting to see his progression throughout the season to see how good he could have been, you know, come midseason or late in the year. But, but yeah, so, yeah, you lose your starting quarterback, but luckily you get to turn to the guy who took you to the NFC Championship game last season. So, gosh, you gosh. yeah, they definitely lucked out in that. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. I know the Giants. Um, they're two and zero. They beat um, uh, the Panthers nineteen to sixteen. Patriots yep. beat um two to seventeen fourteen. Um, Colts got smacked, got slapped <laughs> by uh, the Jaguars twenty four to zero. No, no surprise there. Well, the interesting thing with the Jaguars is, I know they've been so bad these past couple of seasons. Yeah. But when I looked at their schedule and kind of that division, part of me was kind of looking at them like I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow found a way to win that division. Because everybody's picking the Colts because, you know, the Colts have all this talent. And they got and, Matt Ryan. Right. They get Matt Ryan. He's supposed to be an upgrade over Carson Wentz. But. If you look at Jacksonville, Jacksonville has been bad so long that they've accumulated a lot of talent down there. And all it really took was probably getting the right coach there because the Urban Meyer experiment blew up in their face. Uh, Doug Peterson, you know, he, he's coming off what he did with Philly a couple of years ago, winning that Super Bowl. Maybe he's the guy who turns it around there. You know, tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence has talent can make some mistakes uh travis uh etienne jr the running back they took out of clemson as well he missed all of last season and he's kind of had a slow start this year but they have james robinson who was a beast of a running back i think last year or a couple of years ago um wide receivers are a little up in the air but christian kirk looks like you know taking him away from arizona and he's become like a legit number one wide receiver in Jacksonville, which is kind of what they wanted from him in Arizona to be complimentary to DeAndre Hopkins, but it just didn't seem like it worked there. And in that division, you know, the Texans are still rebuilding. Tennessee, nobody really sure about what they are anymore because Tannehill struggles mightily and uh, Derrick Henry is getting up there for a running back. And if the Colts continue to struggle, you know, why not Jacksonville? Yeah, I mean, you bring up all, all good points. Like, uh, like I mean, I guess everyone was shocked that you jack. I mean, they're only one and one. Um, right. So, but they, I mean, but they But they almost look like they're playing the best football in that division. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, that's, I mean... But huh, the fact that they didn't put up no points against the Jaguars is kind of like it's crazy. Um, Falcons are twenty-seven or Falcons lost twenty-seven thirty-one to the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, Bengals lost to the Cowboys twenty seventeen. Uh, like uh, we went over that on the other show. Um, uh, what's going on? What is this going on? This ad plan. <laughs> Oh man, where's that coming from? Oh, right here. Jesus. Okay, I got to pause it. All right. I'm not sure if if you could have heard. Did, did, did you hear that advertisement? No, nah, I mean, I think I heard a, something like playing, but it <laughs> yeah, it was like from the ESPN website. Yeah, it wasn't audible enough, so I didn't really hear. But I could oh. tell something was yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, uh, Broncos beat the Texans sixty-nine. Uh, Cardinals beat the uh, Raiders 29-23 on a kind of comeback win. They were down by like t- zero. They're like 20, 20 to zero, right? Or something like that. 
Cardinals. I just know they were down like they were down scores big. late in the third quarter, and then you know, kind of the image that's been going around with the guy in the back of the end zone like popping champagne and celebrating. But then, you know, them turning around and losing the game. So that's kind of been the image for the Raiders so far. Right, right. And, and the Raiders are another interesting team where oh, yeah. people were saying the whole AFC West is going to make the playoffs. But <laughs> it looks I like do. I don't think the Raiders are ready for that. And even the Chargers have kind of struggled a little bit. And plus with Herbert hurting his ribs, we're going to see what that does to them. And... Uh, it's probably going to come down to the Chiefs and, well, you can't even say the Broncos because the Broncos have struggled so far. So a lot of people wanted to write off the Chiefs in that division, but it looks like, at least for this year, they might still be the class of that division. Right, right. Um, then you got the Packers uh, beating the Bears by like 17. Um, Bills yeah. smacking the Titans 41-7. Uh, then they had the Eagles facing or beating the um Vikings 24 to 7. So I mean a lot of uh, a lot of you know big big W's by these teams. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of you know upsets like we saw in Miami and the Cardinals game. So let's move on to like week three. Yep. I'm not sure if your predictions changed from the like the lap uh from Tuesday. Um but so we so the Browns we, we did you write down you're like your predictions. I, um, I think I wrote them down somewhere, but I, I, I can kind of remember them. Yeah. So, we, so I, the Browns beat the Steelers twenty nine seventeen. I think I had, I think I had the Browns beating the Steelers because I didn't know what the Steelers quarterback situation was going to be, it's, and I didn't have faith in Jabisky. So I think I had the Browns in that one. So they won twenty nine seventeen. Um, who'd you have in that game? I remember taking the Browns because I thought uh, I thought Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt would be able to uh, sustain long drives and, you know, take some of the pressure off of Jacoby Brissett. And we pretty much saw that because Nick Chubb, I mean, when Nick Chubb came out of Georgia, I knew he was going to be a good running back because Georgia just has a long line of great running backs that come through there. But I will say I am kind of surprised at how dominant he's looked in stretches when he plays. I mean, against the Steelers, he was running over guys, juking them, you know, just doing what he wanted to. And then for Cleveland to then, you know, back him up with Kareem Hunt, who's a guy who should be a starting running back probably in this league, but only because Nick Chubb is better than he is. He's like a third down back, change of pace type of back. It makes them dangerous. And if Jacoby Brissett can keep them afloat until Deshaun Watson comes back, Cleveland could be a team that sneaks in as a wildcard team. I mean, that can be the case. That can be the case for real. I mean, like like you said, like you mean they kind of had the um, they had Miles Garrett. Um, even though he kind of had a bad, he didn't really get to the quarterback as much. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, like you said, the running back Chubb. Um, they have you know Cream Hunt like on the third down, fourth and one situations. Yeah. Uh, third down back. I mean, so I mean, but I mean they have. 
I mean, they, they still have us to play with Ravens in, in, in the division, and it's not hard. I mean, but any but any given game, we've, we've seen with the Ravens Miami game, like any game is not really a, a given game. So, like, mm-hmm. anything, anything can happen, like, you know what I'm saying? So, but if the Browns can ho- hold it together um, without Watson and had Brissett leading the charge, I mean, they could do something. Like, it, it, with the Bengals 0-2, I mean, they really, like – it might be the Browns and Ravens fighting for the number two in the division, the way the Ravens or Steelers and Steelers and uh, Bengals are. But mm-hmm. I think Ravens had that had, had the division in the in the AFC. Um, let's go. Um, let's go to, to the next game: Chiefs and Colts. Who do you have winning uh, that game? I mean, I I think this one should be an easy one. I would go Chiefs only be because of. The Colts just look like it's a struggle right now for them. And, yeah, the game's in Indianapolis, but I I just can't put enough faith in the Colts to beat a Chiefs team that looks like, you know, they can still run the same offense even though they don't have Tyreek Hill. But they still have enough pieces there to still put points on the board. I mean, the only bet the Colts will have is the uh, Chiefs come out struggle early on like they did against the Chargers. And, you know, you get Jonathan Taylor to, you know, go off running the ball and set up Matt Ryan for play action because that's where Matt Ryan is at his best is if, if the running game's going, you know, the offensive line is blocking for him and he can play action, you know, teams to death. Also, Pittman. Pittman's been kind of hobbled uh, uh, this past week because he didn't play last week. Have to see if he's able to play because they're definitely going to need him if they're going to want to beat the Chiefs. But, yeah, I'd go with the Chiefs in that one probably pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I think I the Chiefs winning that game too. Just because, you know, of course, they're Owen, Owen one. Oh, we're actually Owen. Well, they're Owen two now, right? No, they're oh one and one. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a tie with the Texans, which I mean, you might as well count that as a loss. But yeah, yeah. so I mean, I had them going oh one and two, um, because like you know they're going against Mahomes, um, and I just feel like that. I mean, even though I mean I like Jonathan Taylor, I man, he's he's nice uh, for their running back, but obviously he's 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 not the quarterback. Um, but because of their injuries at the wide receiver spot, yeah, you know, it makes. It easy for defenses to key in on Taylor. So exactly, exactly. Um, so the the next game um, is a game we we're looking forward to: Ravens and Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you said the Ravens in that game, or did you beat the Patriots to win that game? Uh, so the weird like two, thing is, I think favorites. I think on the big three, I said I'd go Ravens only because. I still think there are questions with the Patriots offensively. I think the game could look very similar to the Patriots-Steelers game this past week where the Patriots defense, you know, even though it's going to be a tough assignment for them to, you know, corral Lamar Jackson, you know, make sure Bateman doesn't get free. And if Dobbins and those guys, well, I think Gus – Edwards is out still, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he's out for a little bit. Right. But if Dobbins comes back and, you know, that's just another part of the equation you have to factor into when 
the Ravens go RPO or, you know, that formation where I think Lamar's kind of in pistol and he has like two running backs to the side and he has another running back behind him. Those formations are the ones like if you're not disciplined on defense, you can make a big mistake and the Ravens can get, you know, big chunks of yards out of that. So if the Patriots can kind of keep everything in front of them, force Lamar to methodically move down the field consistently, take away the big play, I think they have a good chance at it. Um, I feel like as the we get close to the game, I'm kind of leaning more towards the Patriots like pulling the upset there. Because I think Mac Jones in the offense isn't as bad as people make it out to be. It'll just be they can't turn the ball over because Baltimore will make you will make you pay. Yeah, I mean, I think Baltimore, like, uh, they're like a two-and-a-half-point favor in that game right now. So, I mean, I would say, I mean, it could come down to, like, you know, a Tucker, Tucker situation. I mean, or we could be up by a lot and then um, not saying blow y'all out, but I'm saying it like maybe, like, it'll be the way Baltimore's offense looked in the first half against Miami. Right. I, I mean, I feel like, you know, they've learned their lesson of – had a close game without, especially if Jason Pierre-Paul can play this game. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he has a physical or is ready to play. I'm pretty sure he, he should play, but... um, He might be like limited uh, snaps because he hasn't played in a little bit, so he might have to get, you know, like, kind of back into game shape. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, I feel like if Baltimore can have that f- strong first half against Miami, I feel like it's it, it should be a wrap, but mm-hmm. it could come to, since it's a two-and-a-half point favorite, I can see it come down to like a kicker, like or two two of the kickers, like yeah. So I have that probably. I have that way with the right win, like uh, I had them win 20, 24-21. Mm-hmm. I mean, also game. a factor could be Lamar's elbow or whatever's yeah, going it could on be. there. You know, if we see early on him being a little bit inaccurate or maybe a little gun shy and looking to run all the time then maybe that sways it more in New England's favor because there's going to come a point in the game where he's going to have to make a big throw on like a big third down or something. And if he's a little iffy about doing that, you know, maybe the Patriots get a turnover out of it. But it's definitely going to be a, a – it's a it's a definitely a tough game to pick. I will say that. For sure, for sure. Um, the next game we have uh, Niners and Broncos – I think I had. I think I picked the Niners to win that um, because uh, I mean that that may, that might be another close game too. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. San Francisco is a half point favorite, um, so I mean that that game could come down to a field goal as well. A close game, but um, like Wilson is, you know, kind of having. I mean, from the first two games, kind of having a not a bad season, but you know, not a season where people expected him to have. Right off the bat, um, and Jimmy G's coming. I think it's his first start of the season yeah. after him coming, uh, following behind the injury of Trey Lance. So, I mean, it could be. I mean, I feel like I think I said that Niners on the other show because they had the better receiving course in um, Debo Samuel and um, Brandon Ayuk and mm-hmm. George Kittle. Um, so I mean, and Nick Bo or Nick Boza on the other side on the defense. I feel like they have the better roster. But not knocking anything off like of um of Williams 
or Russell or like Sutton mm-hmm. or um or Jerry Judy. Um, but I feel like the Niners had that had that game game. Um, it could be a close one. Yeah. Um, I think for this one, like if Trey Lance was starting for the Niners, I'd probably go with the Broncos because it's it was still a struggle for him, you know, just becoming a starter a couple of weeks ago. But with Garoppolo there, I think, you know, the Niners do have more talent and Denver has struggled mightily. Uh, Javante Williams will probably be the key for Denver because he brings something to the offense that Melvin Gordon just can't. I mean, Melvin Gordon, you know, he's not a burner. He's 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 almost their short yardage back at this point. But Williams gives them speed in the backfield. And, you know, because of that, you know, it, it's it's given Russell Wilson a little bit more time to kind of figure it out. Because I thought when he got there, he was going to hit the ground running, no problem. Between Sutton, Judy, they have like Tim Patrick. I'm not even – he might be hurt, but, you know, he was there. Melvin Gordon, guys like that. I thought he would have – it would have been his playground. But it's been a real struggle. And the interesting thing is, like, some people in Seattle were saying that he's, that Russell Wilson was kind of falling out of favor in Seattle because he held on to the ball too much where um, well, Pete Carroll wanted him to get rid of the ball quickly and move the ball like that. And I've kind of seen that in some of the games I've seen with Denver that Wilson holds on so much that he's end up taking sacks when it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's not something you want to see in a veteran quarterback, but I do think he is smart enough to figure that out and kind of cut that out. And if he can do that, then they could beat the Niners. But I, w- I would go with the Niners in that one as well. I just think they're, you know, between Debo Samuel and how versatile he is you know they're they're just the better team right now yeah let's think of the Ravens game like since you're a New England fan how do you how do you watch the games like it's it's not like a local game right um well there's like a couple ways I guess I can uh, you know if I can find some like website or something that might be showing it yeah yeah. and there's also NFL plus where if you go with the premium package, you can watch the games like right after they, like once the game's over, NFL Plus puts all the games on their service right after the final. So you can watch the game. It doesn't make sense. Like, why would they do that? Like, why would it be where you can watch it live? Like, that's what, so I, thought, my, that's what I thought it was. Like, it's... But the thing was, um, that's basically if they're, Direct TV NFL Sunday ticket package. And I think Direct TV has it for one more year this season. So next season, they could put that on NFL Plus, but I I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll probably send it out to like I know Amazon wants it since Amazon got Thursday night football. They want Sunday ticket now. Uh, Apple TV wants it because Apple TV is trying to get into the sports market. You know, they just signed that big deal with MLS and they have a deal with Major League Baseball. And I think if they do that, maybe it'll become more accessible to people. The problem is not a lot of people have direct TV anymore. 
So NFL Sunday tickets kind of just sitting out there. Yeah, I got dying. Yeah, yeah I got I got Xfinity, so I don't I don't have DirecTV. Yeah. So, but I think I well, because I have Xfinity too, so I think you can sign up for a Sunday ticket. But I mean, Sunday tickets like expensive too. Well, you can get it uh, through Xfinity Sunday ticket. I thought it was DirecTV. I think you can. Okay, but I, I, I think it's like its own entity okay. on Xfinity. It's not like I don't know. It's weird, but. But yeah, the NFL Plus thing, I thought when they announced it, I was like, oh, okay, now oh, be yeah. away. But I mean, the per- the premium package isn't bad because you can still watch the full game. It'll just be after the game's actually played and you can get like the all 22 camera so you can see like every player on the field in view and watch it kind of like how coaches watch the game. Okay. And you can get like the 45 minute version so it cuts out like all the huddles and the you know, timeouts and all that. So just play after play after play and you see the whole thing. So that's like the two ways I go about watching them. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Like I, I uh, usually I am, um, I, I stream it or I, if it's on the national TV, mm-hmm. uh, like ESPN, I'll watch it. But um, like the last couple of games have been like local because they've been, well, one's been at the MetLife and then, I was in person for the Miami game or the Ravens game in person. So, mm-hmm. um, but we only had like five or six primetime games this year. But um, yeah, let, let's move yeah. on to the uh, next game. I think we have the Texans and, and Bears. I kind of, that's kind of like a toss up. Um, but I kind of had the Texans. I don't know because Chicago, they're a two and a half point favorite. Um, so, um, man. Well, I think that's because, like you said, both teams are pretty similar. Yeah. Um, and I think the Bears are only two and a half point favorite because it's in Chicago. Um, so my thing is, if the Texans probably run Damian Pierce more, I think they'll be better for it. Because Davis Mills is, you know, he's not a top tier quarterback. He's closer to the bottom, but he's not as bad as I think people make him out to be. He's kind of struggled so far this season. But I would go with the Bears only because Fields' mobility has kept them in both games kind of so far. Um, The Texans' defense, though, surprisingly, is pretty good. And Justin Fields has shown the – ability to kind of throw interceptions so that's i mean that'd be the texans best opportunity but i i think the bears win it a very close game probably low scoring it probably be some like odd score like you know uh, 19 16 or 18 15 some like odd score like that yeah i see that like a weird that odd score too like because it can go either way um, yeah. both teams are kind of like eh. all right but, um yeah it's, it's, i mean i guess i i would agree with you like it'd be like a close game um i don't see any team either team blowing each other out so yeah. i feel like it might be like a whoever the better quarterback is in that game um, right. Yeah. That, that's probably all it'll come down to. Whichever quarterback doesn't throw an interception, their team will probably win. It's a lot of games. I mean, you don't have to go through all of them because it's going to take up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you can kind of. Um, I know the Bengals, Jets. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a toss up too because 
you know, both teams are kind of like, well, one team is one and one, Bengals are and two. So, I mean, I'll feel, I'll feel the Bengals um, because they're actually they're a six, six and a half point favorite against the Jets, which is probably about right because, like, they had a better team with Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another game, toss up game, um, because they should have beat the Cowboys. Um, I got the LA Rams and the Cardinals. Um, I mean, basically, we went through all the picks on our on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboys, Giants. Um, that can go. I mean, that can go either way because I mean they're two and zero. Giants are two and zero. Cowboys one and one. Um, yeah, I mean, all these games are kind of like toss ups. Um, down the down the line, like uh, Vikings, Lions, uh, Eagles, Commanders. I, I don't have the Eagles beating. The commanders by a lot. Um, Saints, Panthers. Um, I, but I'm not sure if you want to go through every game because we already went through our picks or for our show. Yeah, I mean, no, we don't have to. I mean, I mean, you know, this, this is your show, man. You, yeah, man. Go, go wherever you want to go, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think, I think we get into here because we already, like, we already went through the picks on the on today's show. Yeah, they really haven't changed much um, since, like. We last had the show, but yeah. yeah, I guess we can end it here, man. Um, but like, so like, I, I, I'm your host, Jordan John Week. I'm my, my co host, uh, Kyle Edwards, man. Uh, welcome to the team, man. First show, yeah. Um, uh, did a good job, man. Um, I know, um, we're together on the Tuesday show, Big Three mm-hmm. Podcast. Um, but yeah, you can listen to us on Spotify, uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, um, um, Spotify. I think I have Spotify, right? Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, Amazon Music, I have radio everywhere, man. YouTube, um, share, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, uh, subscribe to the Apple Podcast page so you know when it's is dropping. Um, same thing on YouTube, hit that notification, and so you'll know when a new episode is coming out. Um, and yeah, we'll be back uh, next week, man. And, um, like I said, Kyle, welcome to the show, man. You did a good job today, man. Yeah, welcome to the team, man. Yeah, appreciate you, man. You know, extending the invitation to me. Um, Had a lot of fun, so yeah, I'm happy to be here. All right, all right, y'all. Well, that that should do it for tonight. I hope everyone has a um, I have a pleasant weekend, and we'll be back next week, uh, harder and better than ever, man. Yep.